1: The latest episode of KCSN Update, your daily Chiefs podcast and video from us here at KCSN. It's the headlines, rumors, stories, and stats people are talking about to get you through the day and caught up with all things Chiefs. Different guests each week with different perspectives. The latest episode of KCSN Update, proudly presented by DraftKings, begins now. What's up, everybody? I'm BJ Kissel, and this is KCSN Update, our daily Chiefs show
2: and podcast here at KC Sports Network, presented by our good friends at DraftKings. Quick shout out to everybody in Chiefs Kingdom that made their way out to the game last Saturday against the Seattle Seahawks. Wanted you guys to know that, uh, that game is tied for the fifth coldest game in Arrowhead stadium history, dating back to at least 1994 with a kickoff temperature of negative four degrees. Uh, the good news is you guys saw a good one. Bad news is I wish I could have been there. Uh, my son and I were planning on coming out. We might get into that with Matt, but, uh, not probably anything. A lot of people want to hear a lot about, but appreciate you all hanging out today. Please hit that like and subscribe button. If uh, you're on YouTube, it helps us out and is greatly appreciated. And, uh, go ahead and look around the rest of the content and tell me it's not worth that free click. I've got a little something for everyone. You can also follow us on your favorite podcast platform by simply searching KCSN. You can find all of our channels that way covering the chiefs, Royals, KU, K state, Mizzou, sporting KZ, the KC current, Like I said, we have got something for everyone and we are everywhere. It is Monday here on KCSN Update, which means we will be joined by ESPN's Matt Miller to get his stock up, stock down report following the Chiefs win over the Seahawks. But first, a quick word from our friends at DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. They have the best app that's easy to navigate, they pay out quickly, and I love all the different plays that they offer. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. And check this out, right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets, like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. My personal favorites are the anytime scores. You've heard me talk about it before. You don't have to be a betting expert, and it doesn't matter the score of the game. You're always in it. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code KCSN, place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, let's welcome on ESPN's Matt Miller and get his thoughts on the Chiefs win over the Seahawks and probably some Christmas takes as well. Matt, how goes it this Monday morning? How was your Christmas? How are things? No,
3: it goes well as, as people see. I'm working from home today, which is a nice, <laughs> nice added benefit to the, the Christmas season here. Uh Family had a great Christmas. Uh, we were all at 100%, unlike at the Kissel House, where you guys were on IR a little bit. Um, no, we had a great time. Um, you know, incredibly fortunate uh, to be able to spend the holidays with my entire family and, and watch the kids open presents. And and then, uh, you know, to sit around on Christmas Eve, which is also my dad's birthday, and watch the Chiefs game with my whole family, which is, which is a good time. Um, you might have seen my tweet. <laughs> my sister-in-law is not a big sports fan, and she asked, She's like, hey, Matt, what are in their fanny packs they're wearing? I was like, what? <laughs> and it took me a minute to realize she was talking about the hand warmers. It was like, oh, yeah, so if we, we call those fanny packs in our house from now on. But we had a, we had a great time. And uh, as you and I were talking about before we started recording today, there's, there's not a whole lot of negative to talk about coming off this win for Kansas City.
2: Yeah, it was a a pretty stress-free game, uh, for the most part, Uh, a lot different than, uh, the household that we had at the Kissels. that was not stress-free. So (laughs) I'll just say there was a stomach virus that wiped our family out pretty much all of last week and everyone caught it over, uh, the course of the week. I was just the last one to catch it. And so unfortunately, uh, a, uh, very gracious, uh, cheese fan had reached out with a couple extra tickets. I was going to take my son to the game and I caught it, uh, Christmas Eve day, or excuse me, the night before Christmas Eve, uh, into Christmas Eve day, and uh, was not a pleasant experience watching the Chiefs game. That's why I wasn't on the post game show. Uh, I did get to experience Christmas Day with the family uh, as best I could, but uh, not the greatest uh, experience. At least it's memorable, but for all the wrong reasons uh, for myself. But the kids had a great Christmas. Uh, I got to spend time with family. Uh, as everybody kind of t- took care of me as I took care of them right? Uh, in the week leading up to it. But uh, it was great that the Chiefs game didn't stress me out anymore uh, while I was laying in bed horizontally right. trying to watch the game.
3: <laughs> stock down, the stomach flu, <laughs> stock up, the Kissel family's uh, immunity following that one. But, no, I mean, you, yeah. like you said, a very stress-free game. And I, I just felt like this was the ass-kicking that we had been asking for. You know, coming off back-to-back wins against – teams that weren't very good. And we, we both said it, like they got to play up to their competition. They, they can't play down to these bad teams and get stuck in that energy and that mindset. I don't know what it is about opposing teams, man, that think they can come to Arrowhead and like mm-hmm. pose shirtless on the field and think it's going to go over well. This is like, these are the, the Chicago bulls of the NFL of let's find a grudge, let's find a chip and, yeah. and we're going to exploit it. And, I mean, I get it. If I looked like DK Metcalf, I'd be running around shirtless too. But I, I think you got to you gotta know what you're doing and, and know who you're pissing off.
2: Those things never age well. Even like the standing on the logos before the game. And I'm sure that stuff right? happens across the NFL. And sometimes they go out there and they do win and they kind of back it up. But it seems like when it happens at Arrowhead, maybe it just gets amplified more, uh, especially when it doesn't work out in their favor. But even before the game, like people are saying, like this is not a good idea. Uh, you shouldn't do that. But I'm wondering if a lot of – I've heard that people talk about the reason that you do that is your body gets used to it. And then once you put the pads on, you go out there, like it doesn't feel as cold. So I think there is a reason behind it. I do
3: miss that as well. Right. I don't think it's just,
2: I'm going to be, yeah, I'm going to show off how strong I like how many workouts I've never missed in my life. And like those kinds of things. Right. I really do think there's a body gets acclimated uh, to it, but either way, it just looks kind of stupid because they're taking pictures and leaning into it. uh, Didn't. Right really work out well i was i had had socks. was from the main account right (laughs) i had on
3: slippers a hoodie i was like nope it's got the heat on watching that game um which i will i we were in a similar boat of people were like hey if you want to go to the game we've got tickets and my son's been bugging me to go to a game and i was like today's not the day buddy today (laughs) is not the day he was you know i took him to the titans the afc championship game and he nearly froze to death. I took him to the Bills game last year, which was super cold. And I was like, you know, we need to stop doing that. Like he weighs, <laughs> he's weighs 70 pounds. He can't handle that, that cold. So uh, we'll see you guys in the playoffs uh, for sure. We'll make it up there.
2: Yeah. I got as far as I got all the clothes laid out. I was getting out of the shower, getting ready to go and just kind of like <laughs> going down to my hands, into my knees about every 30 seconds. It was good that we didn't try to go uh, depending, considering how I was feeling at the time. And then my son who, was just getting over it that he had had it uh, the sm- stomach virus the previous two days. Like yeah. I don't think I want to go, Dad. And I'm like, you know what? That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. DJ, today. Take it
3: from someone who has thrown up in that parking lot before. It's not fun. It's not, it's not a. It's not a fun experience throwing up in the Arrowhead slash parking Park.
2: It lot, caught me personally. right at kickoff. Like I probably wouldn't have made it kickoff had we been there, but I would have been the one getting sick, and everybody like, oh, this guy's partied so much. We're like I wish I had partied right. that much uh, for <laughs> no, not that I promise. Yeah, it's not that at all. Uh, But anyway, let's talk a little stock up, stock down from this. I know there's not a ton of stock down, uh, but stock up, where where do you want to start? I have a feeling I know where this is.
3: I mean, we could start in a lot of places, but I think we have to start with the MVP, Mr. Mahomes. Uh, Just, you know, an electric performance, three total touchdowns, two passing, one with the incredible run slash dive slash go-go gadget arm move that he pulled to score the touchdown. And it wasn't his, like, best passing day. You know, I he went 16 or 28 maybe? So it wasn't like his, you know, oh, my God, he just tore people apart like he did last week where he went 20 straight completions. But it was just a game where things weren't really working. I thought the Seahawks did a good job taking away the outside passing game. Obviously, a lot of things funneled inside to to Travis, and that works very well. But it was one of those games where Mahomes just took over and reminds you why he's the greatest football player on the planet right now, why he's... You know, I think the front runner for the MVP, it really should be every year. And it, like I think he's to a point where he has to do something to not earn that title, you know, because it's just so special what he's able to do. And and I think, you know, in a similar world, I have to remind people that Bryce Young, the quarterback at Alabama, did crazy things this year with a really weak supporting cast. And people are like, there's no way he's at Alabama. It's like, no, actually, his, his supporting cast was not very good this year. And I feel like with Mahomes when it's time to lay out the MVP argument, BJ, it's not going to be, you know, the 4,000 yards or the 40 touchdowns or it's going to be, look what this guy did breaking in an entirely new cast of characters, except for his Hall of Fame tight end, new running back, new one through four wide receiver. It's a completely new scheme, even, you know, losing uh, Tyree kill. And even, you know, losing Nicole Hardman for so much of the season to injury, Yeah, I think that is as much as anything that is Mahomes' resume this year. Look what I've done with a new group of, you know, Josh Allen's got the same dudes, Joe Burrow, same dudes, and they're both great players. I I think that's the difference maker is what Mahomes has done this year. And and Jalen Hurts uh, had a poor game while injured, Uh, it's now out. And I, I think that has, if there was still doubt about who the MVP was, I think that has settled the case.
2: Yeah. I, I don't know how you can watch him and watch the rest of quarterbacks across the league and not say that he's better. And that's taking nothing away from those other guys. And we've joked about it before that yeah. in a lot of ways, Patrick Mahomes has kind of ruined football <laughs> to watch any other level or any yeah. other NFL game. So like, why can't he do that? And even good quarterbacks, like even the scramble stuff, t- how many times I've watched different quarterbacks and I'm not, I'm not comparing Kirk cousins to him, but I, and Russell Wilson and these guys, but The way that they cannot escape the pocket, I think it's one of his abilities from an athletic standpoint that maybe we don't give enough credit, um, especially with a lot of the pressures earlier in the season uh, that he was kind of getting and he was running for his life a lot. It wasn't just the ability that he can throw on the run and do that. It was that he was athletic enough to maneuver and manipulate the pocket and run around the way that he does. Um, And yeah, I thought he had a fantastic game. I think he had his MVP moment. Uh, that everybody was looking for with, you know, holding himself up, his body weight up as he dove for the pylon. I think that play is going to end up, you know, on his, you know, Canton reel uh, that everybody's going to be watching. Just how special. That thing's
3: going to be four uh, hours long, by the way.
2: (laughs) It's like every year. (laughs) His his (laughs) highlight film every year would be better than most quarterbacks career. Like, if you just take the plays yeah. that he just made this year. And I think his that drop in the bucket he had to Travis Kelsey, that pass could have been one of the best passes he's thrown all year. Yeah. Um, probably not going to get enough credit because it wasn't some crazy running sideways, throwing left handed, uh, all those kinds of yeah. things that you'd normally just throw away, like you're being sarcastic. And it's like, no, he's actually done that stuff. Um, right. but we could, I'm sure we'll come back to Mahomes at some point throughout the rest of this conversation. But what else do you have right. for our stock up?
3: Yeah, let's go to the defensive side of the ball because, you know, that Seattle run game is very good. It's really an impressive offensive line. They've been good this year. I thought Nick Bolton, uh, you know, really stepped up and shut it down as far as the run game goes. That was something I called out, I think, last week of run game, run defense, excuse me, has to be better. And Nick Bolton single-handedly did that with 17 total tackles. I mean, you have to call out that performance. Uh, I thought the defensive line played really well. Chris Jones continues to have, you know, a first-team all-pro type season. Uh, your guy George Karloftis, Frank Clark. I mean, they they were in sync. The front seven was defensively, and Nick Bolton is. I, I think we know it now, but remember the first month of this season, where is it going to be Willie Gay? Is it going to be Nick Bolton? Mm-hmm. Willie Gay gets suspended. Nick Bolton just you know takes that next step, and it's been great to watch him develop and and become a leader on defense and become somebody that is a playmaker for that defense as well.
2: Yeah, he. I had placed the bet before the season began that Nick Bolton would lead the NFL in tackles, and he is very close. Uh, I think yeah. he's in third place right now, uh, behind just a couple guys. He's gonna have to have maybe one more. I think he's like eight tackles behind the lead, uh, so he's gonna have to have one more of those huge tackle performances. But uh, it's been amazing to see, you know, his development, and what he's been able to do for that defense this, uh, in this this season. But um, you know, one of the other guys, I want to pivot away from the defense, and go back to the offense real quick because I just saw this tweet put out by Jesse Newell from the Kansas City Star, uh, saying that over the last six weeks, the highest graded tackles in the NFL and pass blocking per pro football focus out of 112 tackles, number one player over the last six weeks is Orlando Brown, Jr., so, that's
3: surprising
2: you know, to me. We've spent a <laughs> like, lot of time. Yeah. We've spent a lot of time on here talking about Orlando Brown Jr. Struggling for good reason. He did struggle. Uh, I know yeah. based on what Nate Taylor has said um, on this show on KCS and update, when I talk with him on Tuesdays that early in the year, Orlando Brown Jr. Was dealing with a knee injury, uh, but you got to give credit where it's due and shout out to Orlando yes. Brown Jr. What he's been able to do over the last six weeks per these numbers you can say whatever you want about pro football focus. And sometimes you user stats, sometimes they don't, sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes they don't. But over the course of six weeks, it's not just one game, like one graded Mahomes play. Like this is a sample size that uh, tells you that he is, if not the best, he is significantly improved uh, and been yeah. a reason why the Chiefs offense has been uh, succeeding over the last six weeks. So that's a great sign as the, they obviously finish up the regular season, get ready for the playoffs.
3: Yeah, you want to heat up right now. And I think, you know, for me, there are times where, you know, my job is to to be critical players, you know, to look for, the good and bad. And I think sometimes a guy like Rolando Brown struggles early in the year and you start to almost look for the mistake instead of look for the improvement. And, you know, it's, uh, we're all, we're all human. We all have our our biases and it's, you know, it's nice to have a stat like that to remind you like, wait, actually, you know, yeah, you can remember a blown play here or there, or you can remember him struggle against a player, but by and large, over that course of time, he's been significantly better, like you said. So, um, and I, I still think Andrew Wiley deserves a ton of credit for what he's done on the right side, he is you know the unsung hero of i think the best offensive line of football you know and he's he's definitely done a great job over there
2: you spent so much time talking about the interior guys and what they've done that into talking, if you want to pick things apart, talking about the two tackles. And uh, speaking of uh, paying attention to things you don't normally pay attention to, also shout out to the kicking game. I have never paid yeah, so right? much attention to where the laces are going and what's going on after an extra right. during an extra point uh, than I did in this game. But Butker hit his one field goal and made all three extra points. And rather than putting it all on Butker, we're going to say, great job, James Winchester. Great job, Tommy Townsend. Mm-hmm. Great job, Harrison Butker. Through that battery mate right there they got it done this week and there was a lot of attention put being put on some extra points and where the laces yeah. were I'm sure
3: yeah and good good for Tommy like we talked about last week if it was you know a situation of poor holds then uh, it, they got it, it looked like they got it fixed and, and I think that's again like with Orlando Brown you figure out something he's fixed go out correct it and move on and uh, I, I noticed there was one. I think it was after the first extra point that Tommy Townsend celebrated a little bit, made a, you know, like, hey, did you see that? Did you see that hold? And and it's nice to see. Hopefully, that gets back to the automatic play that it's supposed to be, instead of holding your breath. And in a game, you know, like Saturday's game, that just never felt close. Um, it was nice that they could loosen up a little bit and and have the jokes about things. I mean, you see. Broncos players fighting on the sideline and every, you know, around the rest of the NFL, people are snapping at each other and the chiefs are joking about missed extra points early in the season. So it just, everything's easier when you have a winning team and an MVP quarterback. So it, it's nice to have something that small to, to really have to stress over.
2: And at the end of the day, I don't think anyone that's ever spent any time around Dustin Colquitt is being kind of the one that shined a light on a lot of this stuff that Dustin Colquitt wants anything more than just for that area to get better. And he wants the best. He right. wants him to go out there and be successful. He wasn't trying to tear anybody down. wasn't trying to do any of that, regardless of the words that he used. Uh, I think Dustin's earned that with his what sixteen years with the Chiefs or whatever it was. He's earns yeah. the benefit of the doubt that he was only wanting the best and for those guys to improve and be better and trying to shine a light on some things that wasn't part of that conversation. It wasn't part of you know anything that people were discussing. It was just all Butker's fault. Uh, now that it's not right. You know, all Tommy's fault. It was just that group has to be better overall. And a lot of it is on Bucky, he's the one kicking the football, but still, um, it was an interesting week. Uh, and she's in between that and the bank <laughs> robbing Wolf super fan. Like it was a weird time. Uh, yeah. And she's king. we don't have to go on that, but that's a stop. I forgot for about track. that.
3: That feels like it was two weeks ago, right? It's Honestly, been a long week.
2: Matt, the game feels like it was like 17 days ago just because of what my last two days have felt like. So I don't know. Um, yeah. I can't appreciate everybody hanging in and wondering why I sound like I do. I'm fighting through this right now.
1: You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas city. KC sports network. We'll be back right after this.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed.
1: Entertain, educate, inform KC Sports Network.
2: Uh, let's move yeah, on to great. a stock down. I know this part won't uh, take a super long time. I'm uh, not a lot yeah. to pick apart after that performance, but uh, what do you have for a stock down?
3: You're right. We're being very picky today. It, it feels like our midseason uh, Monday morning updates, but I do think the secondary could have been a little bit crisper uh, with Tyler Lockett out, DK Metcalf is the entire target for Geno Smith. And uh, he, he still got his, and DK's a hard guy to cover anyway. Um, I know people are going to look at the stats and say, oh, no, like they held Geno to like, you know, 200, 215 yards passing. It wasn't a great day for him. That is true. But I, I think if there was an area where you would say, okay, like this has to get better, that's it. You know, I mean, Juan Thornhill picked up Geno Smith and he now leads the team with two interceptions. BJ. It's like, this is not a, a secondary that has flipped the field a lot. And that's what I would be looking for as we, Probably not going to see a whole lot of throwing the ball in the next few weeks. But, you know, Denver and, and Las Vegas, who knows what you're going to get against those two teams. They have not been prolific throwing the ball this year. But as you head into the postseason, you know, you're going to most likely see Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, uh, you know, might see Trevor Lawrence. You know, you might – you're probably going to see Justin Herbert. Um, is This secondary has to clean things up, like we've talked about with the kick game, like we talked about with the Lando Brad Jr it's not that they're bad it's just that they have to clean some things up and hopefully we see them get back to being a little more uh, you know advantageous when it's time to go you know okay let's let's go get the ball let's create turnovers um I, that's something that I will be looking for I, I applaud the secondary they've been through it this year um I think Brian Cook played uh his best game this season on Saturday but hopefully we we start to see some turnovers at least forced by that secondary
2: yeah, and before we move on from that, I do want to shout out, I'm just looking at the pro football focus numbers uh, from that game. And Chris Jones finished with nine, the guy we talk about all the time with Stockup. But uh, in that game against the Seahawks, Chris Jones graded at 92.5, uh, which is I think that's good. very high for good. anyone, but that's that's yeah. way up. They mm-hmm. had nine pressures. Man overall say he in hit, that game i feel
3: like he hit Russ like four or five times or not right excuse me geno smith like four or five times so
2: yeah he was um,
3: i think chris yeah. jones is amazing and i've not always been his biggest fan you know I, I felt like there was almost complacency the year after the super bowl where guys weren't always going you know balls to the wall and i was like man he what happened to this guy feels like he's taking a step back no he has not he's he maybe he was going through an injury that we didn't know about or, or something he's back to being I mean, one of the two most dominant interior players in the NFL.
2: And then just wrapping up the PFF numbers, Willie Gay Jr. was the second highest graded player at 91.1. And then actually Leo Chanel uh, came in at number three, and it seemed like he was getting uh, a lot of snaps compared to what we've seen from him, yeah, uh, at least lately. It I guess it's Houston. He had 27 snaps. Uh, but before that, it had been, you know, week nine against Tennessee that he had had more than, you know, 13 snaps in a game so we had 21 snaps graded out at 82.9 uh so it's great to see him get in the mix somebody that I was really excited about uh when That's he nice was him. drafted about what he could do physically uh for that defense and then Jalen Watson and Juan Thornhill uh ranking up there as well and then the offensive side not a huge surprise that Creed Humphrey uh, was the highest graded offensive player for the Chiefs according to PFF yeah. and then Travis Kelsey Andrew Wiley and Joe Tooney uh, so it's a good sign when th- three of your five offensive linemen are three of your four highest graded players uh, going yeah. up uh, against the team that you should beat and you should take care of business. And to your point, that's exactly what they did.
3: Yeah. we've been asking for it, you know, no more close games against bad teams. They needed to go out and kick ass and almost reassert their dominance, even to themselves, you know, Hey, we are still an elite team. We can play above, a team that you know is in playoff contention, and and just a couple weeks ago was one of the best teams in the NFC. It felt like so. No, this is a great win. I think everybody has to feel good this week. You know, heading into the rest of the schedule, which is incredibly winnable. You'd be looking at a fourteen and three Kansas City team that is the number one or number two seed in the AFC, and uh, that's it's a great feeling. You know, for where we thought this year was going to be. You know, maybe a maybe even a wild card team this year. A lot of a lot of folks thought that in August, and to now have the, you know, the potential to be the number one seed in the AFC, to have you know, potentially the best record in the NFL, depending on what Philly does the next two weeks. Pretty great season.
2: Yeah, It's going to feel very strange next Monday night. That's going to be one of the most watched games. It might break a record uh, in Kansas City for that ESPN, that Monday night game between the Bills and the Bengals. It's going to feel very strange rooting yep. as hard for the Bengals as we're going to. But the Bengals win, it means they have to come to Arrowhead, uh, ideally if the Chiefs win that first game but uh come to Arrowhead to uh make their way and I of all the games Matt that that you and your son should come to the game that I'm going to have a lot of FOMO for that Chiefs Bengals game hopefully in like the divisional round um uh, man that's going to be Little one bit of that a rematch. Uh, yeah it's going to be the one that uh, I'm going to really feel like man I I really wish I was at this game yeah uh, i promised
3: him a playoff game so we'll i guess we'll make it happen
2: <laughs> All right, before we move on, talk a little bit about the future. I do one other stock down again, being picky just because we haven't seen this from him. And hopefully it's not a cold weather thing, uh, considering how cold it was in this game. But Justin Watson, uh, uncharacteristically, had several drops in this game. And you're talking about Patrick Mahomes numbers. Not that they were huge plays, uh, but we've said all along that your fourth, fifth receivers in Patrick Mahomes kind of offense this year and the, the way that they're spreading the ball around, there are going to be times in which... They get into the playoffs where Justin Watson, Noah Gray, those guys are going to have to make some really key catches on third downs. They're going to be the guys who are open. Yeah, uh, they're the ones that the defense isn't necessarily keying on. And Patrick Mahomes has been so good at getting the ball to those guys. It didn't matter the leverage of the situation. It didn't matter if it's third and 15. We've seen Justin Watson make those catches so far this year. And it's not right. the way that we want to see a guy like that trending. Not that he's going to, again, get 100 yards in a game, but he might get 30 yards in a game. And there are going to be two big catches in which he's needed to step up. So being very picky, but that was very uncharacteristic on, uh, yeah. to get four targets and zero receptions and at least two of those. Uh, were very catchable uh, balls that he And I think
3: one was in the end zone, if I'm not mistaken, you know, that that looked like it could have been a touchdown. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And I think we're starting to see more of Noah Gray, you know, the last several, at least it's, the, I don't have the snap counts in front of me, but it has felt that way. At least it's been more <laughs> noticeable. And, and, I mean, you're absolutely right, BJ. If you're the fourth or fifth option, you're probably going to be the open option, given how much attention Travis Kelsey gets. I think Juju's starting to demand a lot of attention as well. So, um, you know, Kadarius Toney had a, an impact on Saturday. That's great to see. But I, I do think, you know, MBS, those guys that have to step up as you get into the playoffs and start facing secondaries that, you know, can at least keep pace with Travis Kelsey and can keep pace with Juju. You know, the yeah. same with the Bills and Bengals did to this to this offense. So it's, it's time for someone else to emerge.
2: Yeah, and we know Jordy Fortson being injured is going to be a thing. I know Blake Bell's coming back, hadn't played in a very long time. He was out a very long time uh, yeah, without was. injury, which just surprising. But um, let's talk a little bit about the game upcoming this week against the Broncos. Talk a little bit about the Broncos, because it's, it's been fun all year. Yeah. Rather than talking about the game and every, just the Russell Wilson situation, if you were the Broncos, besides just firing, every doing what you can, because if Nathaniel Hackett, Independently of each other, you and I have talked about this before. Independently of each other, could they both be successful in other situations? Maybe, but like, who's the blame on the problem? Is Daniel hackett could be let go, and mm-hmm. Russell Wilson is kind of stuck unless they just bite the bullet and next year they cut him. They eat one hundred and seven million dollars. Yeah, in that's dead what I was gonna say. it's just like the biggest. Like we screwed this up. We're gonna. Eat it this year. It's really going to be a struggle. And then we can move on from this mistake rather than letting this mistake linger on for another three years by trying to bring another coach in here that can maybe be a whisperer to Russell Wilson and get something out of him. What's the answer here? What would be your answer?
3: So I think my answer is when you make a mistake, the best thing you can do is realize it and move on from it. And trading for Russell Wilson was a mistake. Signing him to the $250 million extension was a mistake. So I think new ownership group, You almost just have to say hey we may we messed up we gotta gotta eat it they do have a first round pick it'll be the 49ers pick i think people have to remember that so they're they're not completely stuck without picks they don't have a second round pick but they do have two thirds um so they you know there's there's potential here uh for them to find someone but man it's it's a bad situation and you know, I think the thing that I, I look back on is, you know, Russell Wilson in Seattle, we all heard the stories about not getting along with coaches, not getting along with, with teammates. And then we see a situation, you know, Sunday with Russell Wilson and Dalton Risner, uh, who is, you know, a local guy to the Broncos, mm-hmm. great player for K-State, someone that, that I know uh, fairly well. He is not that kind of guy to no, trip at, at a quarterback. or it's So you have to imagine that things have been pushed to a point for your leader, your Walter Payton man of the year candidate for the Broncos to be pushed to that limit, I think says a lot. And I don't know who you bring into wisdom. Nathaniel Hackett managed Aaron Rodgers. If you can deal with Aaron Rodgers, you could probably, you would think you were good. Like you could probably handle anyone. I uh, To me, it's unfortunate that like, I don't know Nathaniel Hackett. Let me preface by saying that. Um, I think it's unfortunate that he's taking all the blame when George Payton, the general manager, is the one who executed the trade and executed the contract extension, right? Maybe it was on. Maybe new ownership said, "Let's get this done," but he's probably presenting that to them. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the the type of mistake that you just have to completely clean house over, which is unfortunate because you know George Payton was very respected when he was hired. Nathaniel Hackett was very respected when he was hired, and it's it's one big move goes wrong, and if everything blows up because of it,
2: yeah, it. Hopefully the game is very stress free. Uh the Chiefs play because this is not be a game that you want Denver to have any life. And it'd be really surprising uh, to see Denver put it together and come out and play well because we've seen consistent bad play from them all season long. Yep. And I you know that contract again, worst trade. I think you and I talked about like middle of the season, worst trade in NFL history. Uh is, at least mostly trade. Walker?
3: You know, and I don't, I was like three when that happened. So I can't really break that trade down, Uh, you know, but it it definitely in, you know, the free agency era, it is the worst trade in, in NFL history.
2: All right. That is ESPN's Matt Miller. Matt, man, we always appreciate you coming on. What are you working on right now? Where can people, I know that your draft stuff kicking up This is always a, a fun yeah. time of the year because when I was working at the chiefs, I always knew that, you know, obviously the coach is getting ready for the playoffs, but the scout scouting staff was always getting their final grades in and they were starting to build boards and whole different side of the organization completely with their eyes, you know, on April looking forward and getting ready for uh, that side of things as somebody who covers uh, the draft extensively. Where are you at with your process? What are you working on right now?
3: Yeah, I'm doing the same thing, you know, trying to figure out who's in for 23, who's going back to school, who's hitting the transfer portal. Um, I've got some cool pieces of content coming out this week, though, Uh, my top 25 players uh, in the college football playoff. So, you know, between Michigan, TCU, Ohio State, Georgia, ranking the top 25 players. I think that'll be a a deep dive for people who aren't quite familiar with this draft class yet. Uh, And then we will be, you know, writing about myself and Jordan Reed will be writing about you know what impact the bowl games have, you know, for top prospects, those really start to kick off in about three days, uh, the good games. Um, and, and a lot of players have opted out obviously, but you know, mm. Alabama's guys are all playing and we'll, yep. we'll want to watch Bryce Young and Will Anderson and and the rest of that group. So uh, it's, it's definitely that time of year where if you haven't followed college football closely, uh, we're going to try to put out some content that helps you get caught up.
2: I got a, a question and I put you on the spot here a little bit, but one of the, the thoughts with NIL Was that these boosters and these collectives and this ability to have access to money to pay the players could keep guys in college rather than kind of rushing off for the money knowing that they could stay in college because they could get a few hundred thousand dollars um from a booster from you know some business to to do some to, to do some work for or to promote have you seen that with guys declaring where you've been a little surprised like man that guy's going back to school whereas in the past and i know you're you're kind of guessing prognosticating a little bit but have you seen to where you're like man I can kind of feel a difference here of guys staying in school
3: absolutely yeah I mean I think (laughs) Bo Nix at Oregon is a great example of that he was at Auburn it didn't work out there he goes to Oregon and just thrives under you know new head coach Dan Lanning and as a player who I believe he was my like QB5 and and that's not like set in stone right it's early in the process but he announced he's going back to Oregon I don't know for a fact that NIL money played into that but it it yeah. probably doesn't hurt, right, for a guy to go back to school. So I, I do think that uh, uh, Fashanu, who would have been the top tackle in this draft, went back to Penn State. and He announced early, like, hey, I'm going back to Penn State. I got more work to do. Um, and, I mean, he was a projected top five pick. So I, I definitely yeah. think NIL has at least made those decisions of, hey, I might have more developing to do. You know, I could use another year to learn without the pressures of being a, uh, an NFL player the NIL money probably makes it easier to do that. And, but you know, on the other hand, there were guys, so I thought would go back to school like Anthony Richardson, the quarterback from Florida really thought he could benefit by going back for another year, take the NIL money develop. And he said, no, thanks. <laughs> I'm going to go pro. So it, it hasn't been as, as complete as it might get to be. I mean, we'll see what happens with, if they try to legislate and regulate this thing uh, or if it's going to stay kind of the wild west that it is right now.
2: Cool. That- interesting to see how that's all going to play out not just this year but as people figure out nil. i was one of the first conversations uh you know getting involved in nil and just kind of figuring out a lot of this stuff that it was going to be the wild west it was going to be a mess for a little while while people figured this out and hopefully there weren't any players or schools that were severely affected negatively by this whole trying to figure this out Uh, with the collectives now and now it's become collectives all over the place there's multiple collectives for all these teams so interesting to see how that plays out especially as it relates to what you do with covering the nfl draft Mm -hmm. and guys coming out declaring and all that but appreciate everybody for hanging out. Don't forget the Casey laboratory will be live tonight. Craig Matty, and Kent will be live on our YouTube channel at 8 PM, breaking down the chiefs and Seahawks as well. And I'm sure they will be talking a little bit about all the top storylines going on right now. And we'll have plenty more content throughout this week, getting you ready for the chiefs and Broncos with two regular season games left to go. And then maybe previewing a little <laughs> bills bangles. Uh, that's going to be uh, a game that a lot of chiefs fans have their eye on, but we appreciate all you for spending part of your day with us. Hope you all had, a great christmas and a happy holiday break thus far and uh yeah please hit that like and subscribe for watching on youtube and follow us on your favorite podcast platform again appreciate all of you
1: we'll see you next time thanks for listening to kc sports network don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well you can find all six of our channels at kcsn covering the chiefs the royals sporting kc and the kc current plus ku k-state or mizzou by searching kcsm wherever you listen to podcasts we're also on youtube entertain educate inform kc sports network